Hey, this is Delitra. Hey, everybody. This is Angela. And you're listening to Nutrient Sisters, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn how to nourish your body and soul. Welcome to another episode of Nutrient Sisters. My name is Delitra, if you didn't know. And as always, I'm here with my co-host, Angela. We actually have a special guest today on the podcast that I'm so excited about. Today we have Dr. Janika Benoit, also known as Dr. J on her social media, on the podcast with us today. Dr. Janika is a board-certified internal medicine physician. She is also a sports medicine specialist and the perfect person to add her expertise to this episode. So in today's episode, we're adding to the conversation about physical activity. So if you listen to our previous episodes on movements such as work it out or exercising with black hair, you've already got an idea of the importance of physical activity. Uh, we discussed the benefits of research and some relevant tips. If you haven't, I really recommend that you go back and look through our episodes and check those out. There's some great nuggets there. But in this episode, we are picking Dr. J's brain on some exercise myths and questions recommendations, and hearing more about her mission to use exercise to prevent chronic disease through exercise as medicine. So we want to welcome Dr. J to the podcast. Hi. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Thank you so much for being a guest today. Um, if you could tell us, tell the listeners more about yourself Sure. Um, so I, um, as you so eloquently mentioned for that, um, during that great introduction, I am um, board certified in internal medicine and fellowship trained in sports medicine. And it was really during my internal um, medicine training years that I realized that I was much like my patients uh, because much like my patients who um, felt that they were overwhelmed from all of their pills, I felt overwhelmed of having to constantly prescribe them. Much like my patients who felt that they didn't even know why they were on certain pills, I felt like I didn't know my why. I felt like I didn't have a purpose as to um, my path of becoming a physician anymore. And much like my patients who um, felt um, overburdened by their pills, I felt overburdened from having to constantly prescribe the pills and refilling the pills. It made me feel like a robot. Uh, so I decided that I was going to provide a solution to the problem for my patients and for me, because it was, it was distressing for me to yeah. see them 
having to be on so many pills and be reliant on these pills. And I know for me, what worked um, was exercise and exercise has, and when I say what worked is during my training years, it allowed me to see that I can help my patients use exercise as medicine so that they don't feel overburdened um, by their pill medicines. And uh, the thing that exercise has taught me uh, that I want to teach my patients is the power of developing a habit. Uh, because um, just like exercise you don't reap the benefit of exercise if you just do it one time, if you just do it just twice and then stop. It has to become a habit. It's just like brushing your teeth. You don't think about brushing your teeth. It's a habit. And um, I wanted to show my and teach my patients about developing habits because I know sometimes when we hear exercise, um, it can almost seem like taboo. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to help them develop behavior changes to help them get over the hump and ultimately, ultimately uh, avoid taking pills and even cut back on their pills if there were on many. And I actually developed an acronym for this. Um, it's So the name is HABIT and the steps that I uh, teach my patients um, throughout this method is H, which stands for healthy mindset. A stands for affirming new beliefs. B stands for believing greater. I stands for incorporate change. And T stands for transforming lives. Because ultimately, what I want to do as a physician is not feel like a robot and constantly refill and prescribe pills, I want to transform lives. That's mm. my vision. Wow. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, I, and I've talked about this in a couple of episodes, I work in a doctor's office, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, there's times when I sit in front of patients and I'll read their chart and I'm like, honestly, like the thought in my head sometimes is like, I feel like the only thing keeping you alive right now are all these medications. And it is really scary to see and it's sad too. So I'm glad that, you know, I'm I'm glad that you shared that perspective with us because I think that's so important. And I really like that acronym. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I like it too. I was thinking about, hmm, what is, what, what should I come up with? But yeah, that's my acronym and I'm just sticking to it. No, I love it. So when you have people that come into the office, or oh, do you have an office? <laughs> I guess we yeah, didn't ask you. Yeah, I do work in a uh, clinic. Yes. Okay, so you work in a clinic. So you have someone, you know, so when you have people that come in, um, is that like your first go-to? Like, how does a session go? Are you just like, hey, instead of this, we're going to start with an exercise plan. Like, what does the day to day look like? Yeah, so when getting someone to exercise, um, you, it's you can't really tell them. Well, you have to you have to be very strategic in your approach, right? Because there are different phases that people go through when trying to start an exercise program. There are some people in the pre-contemplative uh, phase where um, maybe they thought about exercise but they really don't want to start exercise right now. 
there are people in the contemplative phase that think, okay, well, it would be nice if I can exercise, if I can have an exercise routine. There are people who are ready for action. Like, hey, I want to do this. I want to start an exercise program. And then there are people who um, are in the maintenance phase where they're already exercising and they have their whole routine going. So the first part is to assess what stage they're in. Because if they're in that pre-contemplative phase, I mean, you can, I can tell them exercises they're going to do, they, they can do, they may not even do it, <laughs> you know? Mm, yeah. So it's important to assess and uh, encourage them every time I, you know, every time I see them for a follow-up and just encourage, encourage them and also figure out what their barriers are as well. You know, a lot of people, barriers can be time, it could be fatigue, um, it could be just not knowing what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. Um, then so that's why it's also important to assess what their barriers are, because it, it's it would be nice like, hey, you know, you can do 10 pushups or 10 j- jumping jacks and yeah, get your exercise in. But if you haven't assessed what stage they're in, in terms of their readiness and what barriers they have, then they're not going to be ready to exercise. Mm. OK, true. Yeah, that's totally true. Mm -hmm. We just mentioned our last episode talking, well, assessing a patient's readiness for change. Um, Some people think, you know, when you make an appointment to see the doctor or whoever, that you're ready for change, but they could still be in that um, contemplation stage. Like, yeah, I know I need to do this and let's see what they're talking about. And maybe, you know, I might do this or, or I won't. Um, so I love that you talked about assessing their readiness for change, uh, and putting that with the education that you have regarding exercise to help them meet their goal. So let's think about a patient that is ready for action. Um, and the question, well, so, so they may be ready for action, but they don't know exactly what to do or the ins and out of exercise. And a question that I had uh, was a result of this New York Times article that, that I read about the cool down and, and warm up. Was that really a necessary thing? Uh, somebody mentioned that cool. The idea of cooling down is not scientific based. Well, that basically researchers have not come to a conclusion about that. But I hear so many benefits of cooling down. So I'm wondering, is it really necessary for someone to warm up and cool down? Right. No, you're absolutely right. There are a lack of studies um, that confirm the uh, that 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 support that cooling down is um, effective. Mm-hmm. However, for warm up um, now for warming up now, warming up should be movement specific um, and just to note there there also is not a lot of studies that support that warming up prevents injury as well but it so but regardless of that it should be done because you want to you know get your muscles um going and you want to um get your blood flow going before you're going to start a specific physical activity 
And the warm-up should be movement-specific. So that means that it should be specific to the muscle groups that you're going to use for your exercise routine. So for example, if you're going to walk or run, you can do hip circles or leg swings because those are the muscles that you're going to be using the most. You're going to be using the muscles in your uh, lower extremity. In medical terms, this is called dynamic stretching. Um, and the point is to get the body adjusted to the specific exercise. So that is what you want to do. And also, it helps to improve range of motion around your joint as well. And that may or may not reduce injury, but I mentioned, um, like I mentioned, but what it does, it, it gets your body adjusted to the specific exercise. Okay, right. that's good to know because I'm terrible at doing both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I heard somebody once tell me um, that it's it's very much like when you're going to go straighten your hair, you put a heat protectant in. And that's how I've always and, – and they were like, so why wouldn't you warm up before you exercise? Like they were trying to compare this. And I was like, okay, I, I kind of get what you're saying, but not really. But um, <laughs> but ever since then, that's what I've thought about. So I always try to do a stretch or two before <laughs> before I start. I'm like, oh, my legs need to right. be stretched a little bit. But cooling right. down, let me tell you, when I'm done working out, I'm like, it's time to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm I'm not gonna lie. I like I'm bad about doing that as well. So I have to put a um, a reminder on my phone, uh, on my phone to stretch afterwards because, well, also the intensity that I exercise um, is pretty intense. So the next day I'm so sore, <laughs> or the right. next two days I'm so sore. So I like really have to uh, stretch after I am done. So it also right. depends on your intensity as well. But, That's true. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm the same way unless I'm following like a instructor that puts the cool down a section in the exercise. It's like, okay, now it's time to do this. Or the treadmill sometimes, well, not sometimes, really, if you go, I think at least 30 minutes, at least mm -hmm. the treadmills that I use at the like 25 minute, it'll slow down automatically. Mm -hmm. It won't okay. let me stay at the speed that I'm at. Mm -hmm. So that's, those are some sneaky ways that I'm getting uh, into cool, cooling down. But I think even though, you know, the science is, I guess, inconclusive now, uh, or there's not enough evidence, it's still, I, it seems beneficial to me. Like what you were talking about with the straightening of the hair of the heat protectant, even mm -hmm. though there's controversy now in the natural hair community <laughs> about heat protectant now, I was reading about that. Mm. Um, I feel like it's still beneficial, like to help me regulate my heart rate. I don't know; it just mm -hmm. feels better to me. Yeah. So but if it's I, not, mm -hmm. go ahead. I was saying, if it's not hurting me, then why would I stop doing it? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I also, um, it's, I think it's also important to recognize the the fitness level that one is at. Okay. Because if someone is not as fit, they may need a cool down just because their heart is not used to, you know, working that hard. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, if they, you know, stop abruptly, their heart is just not used to stuff like that, you mm -hmm. know? Okay. So I think it's important that the less fit you are to take 
more precautions. So yeah, I, I would suggest, you know, warming up and cooling down just so that your body can gradually get into an exercise and then gradually come down. So yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. I know you had mentioned that, you know, the next day you might be really sore. And I experienced that, experienced that too. So I'm wondering, because <laughs> my theory, I'm like, I worked out one day, I'm gonna take the next day off, because I'm sore. And then the, you know, then I'll do it the other day. So do you think that people should plan for rest days in an exercise routine? Is that like a smart thing to do? Should it be like, every other day <laughs> yeah, so, I just want you to like confirm my my belief <laughs> yeah so so it depends it, so it depends right because let's say you have an exercise routine and you were exercising pretty intensely your legs right so I mean that that's a, it's a huge muscle group mm -hmm. and you're you were uh, working out that muscle group pretty intensely then yeah, I would recommend that you take about 48 hours to rest that muscle group because recovery is important um, for you know muscle strength and endurance. Mm -hmm. Now, you can, inst instead of actually resting, like taking the days off, you can, and it's called cross training, like in the athletic world, but you can um, work on a different muscle group or a different, um, activity altogether. So for example, if you're doing legs one day, then you could do, um, your arms or you can, um, do go swimming. So mm -hmm. you can, you can, or you can do, um, yoga. So you can, you can mix it, you can mix and match different types of exercises. Just make sure you're not working the same muscle group all in a row. Right. So you want to be able to, um, mix various um, muscle groups so you don't intensely overwork a specific muscle group. Okay. You can either rest, especially if you're working a specific muscle group, or you can work on a different muscle group or a different activity that targets a different muscle group altogether. Okay. Yeah. That's a good recommendation mm -hmm. uh, because in the past I've, I've done the same exercise again and again, like the same routine. Yeah. Over and over again. I'm like, I'm about to be buff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like what exercise do you usually do again and again? Um, oh, like squats. I'm trying to get that booty big. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So like if you're doing, if you're doing squats one day, then the next day you could just work on arms and um, don't squat, just stand. Or you could even sit down and do, you know, do like a bicep curler, for example, or you yeah. can go swimming um, or you can, I mean, you can do an elliptical, um, but just make sure you, it's, it's more so of a cardio workout than anything. Mm. I mean, you're working your legs too, but it is a, it's, it's a huge cardio workout. Yeah. So, um, and you also, in some of the ellipticals, you have the ones that move your arms. So then you could be working your arms in the elliptical as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's important to make sure that you're targeting various muscle groups. Actually, according to the um, American College of Sports Medicine and Physical Activity Guidelines, they recommend to um, do uh, sh uh, strength um, 
uh, strengthening activities at least two days a week in um, in all muscle groups, but you can mix you can um, mix that with alternating muscle groups. So then let me ask you, sorry, Delitra, I'm going to skip ahead of you, but I'm going to do a follow-up because now I'm like, hmm, okay. So when I go to the gym, and maybe this is the same for other people, I do like a full body workout because I'm like, oh, I'm trying to, you know, mm, the whole body. So is that like a smart thing to do? Do you think that's a smart thing to do? Okay. Yes, because like I stated, you want to target at least all major muscle groups at least two days a week in terms of muscle strengthening. Mm -hmm. So yes, um, you know, doing compound movements. So compound movements, you're, you know, mix and matching um, exercises, like for example, doing a lunge and a bicep curl at the, you know, concurrently at the same time. Okay. Yeah. You're (laughs) able to work on your legs and your arms at the same time. I love those movements actually, because me, I just want to get my workout in, go hard and then be out. (laughs) So I'm always doing compound movements. I'm working multiple muscle um, groups at the same time. Okay, that's smart. See, I usually take it, I take it like from the head down. I'm going to start doing that because I usually, I'm like, okay, it's arm time. Now it's leg time. (laughs) You know, arm and leg time at the same time. Yeah. I'm going to try doing that. That'll make the workout real quick. (laughs) Yeah, you'll be out of there real quick. Right. (laughs) And that's the goal for me. I'm like, man, okay. After like in the middle, I'm like, okay, this is getting really hard. I'm ready out of here uh, get this done but if i compounded hey i'd be killing two birds with one stone that's right that's a great recommendation um speaking of soreness so like like you guys mentioned i'll feel sore after workout too sometimes but i'm wondering like what how do you know that it's just soreness versus that i've actually injured myself usually if it if the pain or the the uncomfortableness has lasts for for a couple of days, and I think okay, maybe something went wrong. But I'm wondering if there's a sign that someone would notice that they've injured themselves during a workout that's more obvious. Yeah. So usually, um, uh, the injuries that most often occur when someone is exercising is either like a strain or a sprain, so a stretching of a tendon or a stretching of a ligament. And for example, think about when you sprain your ankle, you will see swelling. You maybe maybe see a little bit of swelling that's there. It may linger for a couple of days. Usually any sign of swelling means that you may have strained something. So uh, looking for swelling is a good thing to do and um, definitely following up with your primary care doctor because especially for those who are new to exercising, it's important that if they see any signs of swelling that they follow up because you don't want to do any further damage because what I do see some people doing is that they just work through it and they think it's totally normal. Like, oh, right. that's supposed to hurt, you know, like as, as you mentioned. Um, so definitely any swelling, any warmth. Uh, usually people get commonly injured like in the knees, the foot, ankle, like the weight-bearing um, yeah. uh, joints. So, uh, yeah, 
if and and obviously if you're not sure if this is soreness or something more serious it's always important to go to your physician to get it checked out yeah how do you so you know when we talk about injuries or even soreness now I'm kind of wondering so how do you how can you best prevent getting injured or even the soreness how can how can I prevent like being so sore after after working out yeah so I think it's important to um have a gradual progression um, in your exercise. It's important, like I stated, fitness level, you know, uh, it's important to recognize what um, fitness level you're at. Are you um, a beginner uh, person who are exercising? You may have to take it more slow. You know, Um, if you like, for example, let's say that you wanted to start a running routine, but you've you haven't run a mile. You want to start out by just walking mm-hmm. and then gradually jogging and then gradually um, running. And it's and it sounds cliche, but you also have to listen to your body because no one knows your body more than you. Mm-hmm. However, you do want to um, challenge yourself. You don't want these exercises to be easy because with challenge becomes change. So you do want to challenge yourself, but you also want to make sure that you're uh, gradually uh, progressing and not doing more harm than necessary. Mm, okay. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah, that's a great recommendation. I did have a patient uh, when I worked at a clinic that was trying to lose weight and he just got into exercise and he was keeping a journal for his nutrition and his physical activity. And I noticed in his physical activity section, he would say like, I'm feeling dizzy or I fainted or, you know, my heart was really beating fast. And I had to say, hey, you need to stop. <laughs> when you feel like that, that's not good. You should right. not continue that exercise. You need to take a break or you just need to go home for that day or if you're at the gym. So I like that you mentioned listening to your body um, and really keeping aware of some signs that things are not okay there. Uh, so going back to your mission that you have to to help individuals with chronic diseases to reduce or eliminate their medication regimen. I know you talked a little bit about it in the beginning, but I'm wondering how does exercise play a role uh, in treating chronic diseases? Right. So exercise actually helps to eliminate um, a lot of uh, risk factors. So some risk factors that we see, it's a lot of risk factors of heart disease, really, such as high blood pressure, uh, high cholesterol. Um, even it helps to decrease risk of even some cancers like breast cancer and colon cancer, um, diabetes. And the reason, another reason why I harp on this so much is because um, exercise, there's evidence to show that exercise um, decreases the mortality of those with heart disease. And heart disease is the leading cause of mortality in the Black community. Hmm. So that's why I harp on uh people exercising and starting an exercise routine it's you know and and obviously I'm a black woman I'm a black physician uh I do have 
a lot of sensitivity, um, you know, towards my black patients because of uh, all the things that you see in the literature about how, um, you know, black people are more at risk for this and that and that. Mm. And reading all that literature makes me so irate. And this is me spreading the message, spreading the word that let's do this together. And it's me promoting awareness of, you know, how we can do this together, how we can at least think about um, having a conversation about it. Right. Because uh, I, I don't I don't like reading that reading that type of literature. I really, really don't. So um, this is me just spreading the word and spreading the awareness of having conversations about starting exercise, you know, having conversations about, you know, just going walking, you know, let's say for 30 minutes, that Mm -hmm. even that in itself has a benefits in reducing uh, those risk factors of uh, heart disease. So yeah, there's so many, those, those, uh, the benefits of exercise. And I know we spoke about the injuries, you know, and that would be the side effects, but those benefits of exercise far outweigh those risks. Sure. Right. Yeah. Cause I feel like it's, um, I hear, so I, I feel like the main thing is that people think exercising is super hard, which is understandable. I mean, it is, mm-hmm. um, but that's usually why they don't do it. Or, I mean, we know that like time, money, education, those things play a part. But I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, it's just too hard, you know. But I feel like when you're taking a bunch of medications, like that's kind of hard too because mm-hmm. there's so many side effects that come with that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're constantly having to change the medication. There's time restraints. There's mm-hmm. like, like there's just a lot that goes into having to take medication. And I feel like if you can compare the two, you're like, which would you rather do? Like, because there's ups and downs to both, but this one has been proven to at least help, you know, keep you living longer and healthier. Right, right. That's exactly, that's exactly right. (laughs) Yeah. And exercise is much more accessible and not even thinking about the financial aspect of, of having to, have so many medications every day. And just, I don't think a lot of people feel great taking a lot of medications. You know, even I, I'm not against medication, but I would prefer some other treatment plan. Cause it just, to me personally, doesn't feel good. I'm like, man, I got to take this every day. I really feel for people that have like a whole pill box mm. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, it can affect your your mental health as well, even though, you know, it is medicine is, it has its place, but I know there's a lot of people that prefer to not have to rely on that. So I'm so glad that you have this mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what I want to also teach people, cause it's like um, you mentioned before that, you know, some people think that exercise is hard and I also want to provide people with a different way, a different perspective at, at looking at it. For example, going for a walk with your children, you know, Mm. that is time that you're, you know, you're exercising, you're walking and you're spending time with your, with your children, maybe, Mm. you know, after dinner, um, or 
you know, after a meal, instead of sitting down at the TV watching your game, you go out together for a walk. And that's bonding time. That's time that you can talk about your day. Um, you know, that's less screen time, less social media. Right. Um, it's more bonding and family time. Um, even, for example, let's say it's there's bad weather outside in your inside and you're watching TV, you know, doing a movement um, during commercial breaks, whether it be jumping jacks or walking in place, things like that. It doesn't have to be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to push this tremendous weight. Because for some people, that is just too much, <laughs> you yeah, know? Um, is. That is just too much. Like, especially if you don't go to the gym or that's not in your everyday norm, that is too much. So I try to uh, provide exercise in a way that seems more palatable, especially for people who are new to exercising or, um, you know, are in that pre-contemplative or contemplative phase. Yeah, I love, I love that. And I just want to say thank you for like the work that you do, especially, especially being a black woman and having patients that look like you, like that's what we need. Um, because they're, they're, uh, I mean, they're better able to take the information you're giving them in a much maybe like a different or better way than they would maybe someone else. So you're, you're definitely, you're helping our community so much. And I, I appreciate that. So, yeah, no. And I really, I, I love it too. It is such a privilege and it's such an honor, um, you know, to be serving. I, obviously I'm, I'm a physician and I love to serve everyone, but it's so, it brings me so much joy when I come into the room and I see uh, the face of a black patient, for example, just like light up, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also, I look, um, you know, black on crack, right? So I look younger than my age. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so when I say doctor, they're like, who? You? And I'm like, yes, me. <laughs> and it's, and it's, just, it's just so much fun. Um, so yeah, it is, it's such a privilege and such an honor uh, for me to do this work. Yeah, I, I have the same sentiments. There, there's some practitioners that are not sensitive to our culture and, like you said, being at risk for for so many different things in scientific literature. It can kind of feel, I don't want to say kind of, it feels accusatory, like blaming us. So to have somebody to, to hold our hands to help us and edify our community is something that's so valuable. And I like the way that you talked about more so framing exercise differently, and that it's not a chore, it's not something that's going to be super difficult. Of course, you know, when we're exercising, we are demanding something of our body, but it doesn't have to be a terrible thing. And I know I saw, uh, what's her name? The twins, Tia and Tamara, one of them, she was doing an exercise routine, like getting back into fitness, and how she framed it as uh, an activity of self-care. Like she was Mm. taking care of herself. And I love that. I was like, wow, I never thought about that. Exercising Mm. is is helping me. It's me looking out for myself and doing something Mm. good for me. Yeah, that's beautiful. I like that. Yeah. Um, What would you recommend for someone who has not met? There's some people that I've met that have never exercised. Mm. (laughs) They've never done any sort of physical activity or they haven't done it for, for years. Maybe high school PE was their last time that they moved their body in an intentional way. What would you recommend for a person like that? 
Yeah, honestly, walking. That mm-hmm. is, it is such a simple exercise mm-hmm. to perform. You know, if you're not used to walking, you know, long distances, let's say 30, like doing a 30 minute walk to start with. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, just increasing as you go. Maybe next time it's, you can add another five minutes onto it. And maybe the next five, the following week. So walking is the best exercise to start with if someone hasn't exercised before or hasn't exercised in a long time. Okay. Yeah. I like, I like that. that. Mm-hmm. That's going to get me back into it. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a recommendation for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, just put your 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 headphones on. You know, play some Beyonce. Yes, you know? that's what I do. Put a sunshade while you at it. That's exactly. <laughs> it. I'm singing, rapping, all that. I'm right, into it. there you go. <laughs> so, if our listeners want to get in touch with you or they want to learn more about you and what you do, um, do you? How can they get in touch with you? Do you have an Instagram? Do you have anything else? Yes. So I do have an Instagram and a YouTube channel. However, I house all my content on my um, link tree that is on my uh, Instagram page. Okay. So if you go to my Instagram page, which is medfitdo, that's M as in Mary, E-D as in dog, F-I-T-D-O, you can go to my Instagram page and then I have a link tree that will also link you to my YouTube channel as well. Awesome. Uh, Well, we just want to say to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Nutrient Sisters. I know that I've gotten all my exercise questions answered. As always, I'm more selfish, but that's all right. Um, We hope that this was really helpful for you all. We also want to say thank you to our guest, Dr. J, for blessing us with your knowledge and your presence tonight. We truly appreciate you doing this, and we admire the hard work that you do. For our listeners who are interested in learning more, you can reach out to us and maybe we could do like a follow-up at some point down the road. Um, So thank you all. And as always, make sure, you know, hit subscribe to stay up to date with all of our new episodes. But until then, peace out.